0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Deborah Harris coming back to you with Reclaiming Grace, The Rebuild. I just want to thank all of my listeners for joining me for my very first podcast segment launch earlier this week as we spoke about whether the gospel was lost. This has been a mission of mine to start talking to the church and start talking to people on the front lines of the social justice movement for quite a while. My journey as a Christian, uh, mainly as an evangelical Christian, has been very interesting, especially my journey onto the front lines of social justice work. And so Starting this podcast, Reclaiming Grace, is really about my journey as a Christian, things I've had to battle through, struggle through, things I've had to admit to myself, things I've had to cut away from myself that kept that kept me from truly doing God's work, from truly loving myself, and truly loving others. So I hope that with the first segment of reclaiming grace and talking about whether the gospel is lost, that you are able to have conversations with yourself, with your family, with your friends, and with people that do um, social justice work and equity work in oppressed communities and, and really just discover, you know, where Christ is missing, how he became missing, um, and so many things that we do and whether you're a believer or a non-believer. I mean, I believe that showing grace to people and compassion to people should just be a, a, a general thing that's happening between us, between humans, between interactions. And so I hope that it, it opened up dialogue and really helped you search your heart and your mind. Um, For those who are believers for those who are in the church and then for non-believers I hope that it started is starting to give you a little bit of insight into the struggles we're having and From my perspective as someone who has been battling through it and is becoming more and more intentional about her walk with Christ and her discipleship and her ministry um, to oppressed communities to communities of color to diverse communities, that you understand my heart and start to hold more hope for the church turning around. So, today we are actually talking about the importance of grace. That is what today's episode is going to be about. I believe we have just completely lost sight of the importance of grace and why we need to just go back to the beginning, the building blocks of Christianity, the building blocks of our faith, and it really is about grace. And so I wanted to talk about this because when we talk about the importance of grace, I believe that we're really talking about how our humanities connect, essentially, um, and I believe that's why we need to just delve back into why grace, you know, how does grace connect our humanities? How does grace help us see each other and one another? Um, and so why this subject is so important to me is because when we look at the Bible, when we look at the world, when we look at the ministry of Christ, because of grace, Christ was able to put us all on the same playing field. It wasn't about. Anyone's economic status, necessarily, wasn't about anyone's class status, wasn't about power status, wasn't about particular background, age, or sex. It wasn't about any of those things. He wasn't looking at those as requirements or as a rubric, like using them as a measuring tool. Everybody was on the same playing field. Everybody needed grace. Everybody needed to be loved, shown, compassion, and empathy to. None of these things matter to Christ. What mattered to Christ was his concern for our hearts, our spirits, our wholeness and fullness that we were experiencing in life. And that is so important for us to recognize. I believe in what I've seen and what I've been guilty of myself as a Christian is that I stopped focusing on people's dignity and their humanities and their happiness and their joy and their fulfillment and their wholeness I stopped focusing on that and I started focusing on those labels and things that separated us like economic background social class and and power and age and sex and, and race and also whether they Worshipped differently for me if they were of a different religion. And what I started to realize, and I'm so grateful that God did this turnaround with me, but what I started to realize was that these things can be used as negative devices to separate us and pull us away from grace. And when those negative devices start wielding itself in the church and wielding itself in the community, you start to see more and more traces of legalism, of privilege exclusion separation and development of some serious superiority complexes and that's a huge problem and these negative devices constantly 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 and just ripple effect and ripple effect into more ways to separate and dehumanize us amongst ourselves amongst different communities And that's why we're seeing a lot of the harm and evils and just a huge, just humanitarian crisis in our world today. Not just our nation and our, and our states and our cities, but in our world today, there's a huge humanitarian crisis. There's huge issues with dehumanization, with separation, with legalism, with superiority complexes, with supremacy, with white supremacy. And it's because we've lost sight of grace, especially the church has lost sight of the importance of grace. And because of that, for centuries now, the church has been at the helm of some of the worst humanitarian crises and worst cases of marginalization, of suppression, of humanity. And it pains me to to know and to have to acknowledge that. I'm a part of that. My faith, the church as it stands, quote unquote, is a part of that. And that was something that Christ never intended, never, ever, ever, ever intended. And it pains me because I started to fall into this category of being an oppressor, which is really crazy as an African-American woman that I couldn't see those times when I was starting to become an oppressor because you would think as an African-American woman that I would never want to be an oppressor in any form because my people were oppressed and are still oppressed in so many ways today. But I was being subconsciously mistaught, so to speak, as a Christian in the church. And I became a part of the problem. I started to fall into this toxicity. I started to judge folks and keep arm's length from everyone, even myself at times, because I stopped showing myself grace. I stopped showing myself compassion and empathy. And I became so toxic with myself that any wrong move I made, any wrong thing I said or did, whatever, I would just fall into great bouts of depression. Just serious bouts of depression and I would be so evil toward myself I would forget everything that Christ did and why he died and his word of telling me that there is no condemnation in him that I've been saved and I've been reborn and he rescued me and and took me from that darkness and gave me space of liberty and freedom to to just be and understand his love and receive his love. But I can not even do it for myself. So imagine how I was treating other people. Even family and friends with these waves of judgment. And just really toxic and mixed up ideologies of superiority. I lost sight of my worth. I lost sight of other people's worth. Other people in different communities. And it was just draining. And it was just a complete stripping away of myself every day. And I couldn't see my worth. I couldn't see anyone else's worth. But I was still led and blinded by this falsehood that I was okay because I was a quote unquote Christian. But I had lost complete connection to what that meant. Not just for myself, but what that meant for my ministry and how I showed love to other people. My discipleship had become tainted. As I pushed people away and as I pushed further and further away from grace and from the ministry of Christ and from the meaning of the cross. I forgot that everyone was in the same boat as me. That Christ had put us all on the same playing field. That it was about my mind and my heart, my body and my experiences of fullness. I forgot all of that and washed all of that away. And I let this arrogance of being a Christian completely sapped life from me. I let this arrogance create a falsehood around my identity and told me that I was perfect and others were not, but still I was dying on the inside. It was like such a mixed ball of ridiculousness when I look back at it. It wasn't healthy at all, all because I had lost sight. Of a simple a simple principle grace and I'm gonna tell you a story um, this happened like a few years ago this is 2019 yes yeah, so it happened maybe like 2015 I believe 2015 and this is really when I started to realize that I needed to make a hard turn in my life as a Christian as a woman of color And as someone that found herself having this desire to help people, quote-unquote, I thought that's what I was doing, was helping people, being this good Christian and helping people. But it really happened a few years ago when God blessed me with turning me upside down, so to speak, and putting a huge mirror to my face. So a few years ago, I was having brunch with... A young man who is now a very 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 dear friend of mine I owe him so much because of this day I'm a better woman a better Christian (laughs) and a better activist because of this man so a few years ago we went to brunch and this was when we weren't even really that close him and I We were just really friendly toward each other. And so we decided to go to brunch. And so we're at brunch. And during conversations, pancakes and, you know, mimosas, conversations started to get really deep. It started to get really vulnerable. And he opened up to me about his family, him being gay, an African-American man who's gay, religion, church how he sees himself, all these things just like really vulnerable and I was sitting there looking at him and I was starting to feel disgusted and biased and twinges of indifference and it's sad to say hatred for some reason toward him and toward the things he was saying And these things were just like rolling around inside of me and bubbling up inside of me. And while this was happening and I could feel my eyes just piercing at him and I could feel my spirit just being uneasy and just being like, why is he telling me these things? I don't agree with these things. I don't like these things. And all the while, all these things were bubbling up inside of me. There was a knock at my heart simultaneously saying, why do you feel this way, Deborah? What do you have against this person that is just telling you their truth, that clearly just wants someone to talk to and understand him and be there for him? What is it about you that can't let that happen without you judging him and having this angst and and disgust with this person? Who do you think you are, Deborah? And I was kind of like shocked by this other voice in my head. And I and I stopped him right there. And I was like, can I, can I just say something really quickly? And he said, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, I don't agree with what you're saying. I don't agree with your lifestyle. Maybe if you stop doing this or that and a third, maybe things would be better. I don't know. Like, I don't really know what to say to you right now. Like, I'm trying to understand, but... I don't, I don't know. And it was just like this attitude and just this energy coming off of me. And it was like, part of me was like trying to be there, but there was this huge part of me where so much bias and disgust was built up that it was just seeping out and I could just feel it. It was like making me itch. And he sat there and he listened to me. And now in retrospect, I'm thinking he should have walked away from my crazy self. He should have walked away from me as I was talking to him real crazy. (laughs) But he didn't. What he did is he just sat there and listened. And when I was done telling him my side, he was like, I understand where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying. And I can even, I guess, respect it in a way. But what I need from you is to just see me and just hear me and just try to understand and just... Have some grace and mercy and be my friend. Maybe. And that just shook me to my core. That this person, as ugly as I was being and things that I was saying to him and judging him and putting him down and having this attitude of superiority toward him and telling him what he needs to do. And he still had grace with me. And didn't look at me in disgust, didn't look at me with hatred, but he looked at me with empathy and compassion and love and just called me in. Called me in, not called me out, but called me in to just be there and just be there for him. And let's try and be there for one another. Let's try and understand each other's spaces and just have compassion for one another. That shifted everything for me. It shifted everything for me. And I'm so grateful to him. I'm so grateful to him that he showed me grace first. Something that I should have been doing as this quote unquote perfect Christian. Something I should have been doing is showing him grace first. And showing him the love of God first. And understanding him and just loving on him. And not judging him. And because of that, it just shifted my perspective on myself, what I had been missing, who I had become, and who I wanted to be, who I wanted to grow into. All because someone showed me what true grace looked like. Someone that I thought I was better than, that was a sinner. All these things that kept me from truly seeing God and truly experiencing him. That same person showed me what God had been trying to show me for years. What God is trying to show every one of us right now. What grace really looks like and why he did the things that he did. Because because of that friend of mine, I was able to truly step into myself. Accept the truths about myself. Accept who I was as a woman, as a black woman, about my sexuality, about my impact in this world, about what I wanted to do, about hurts that had occurred with me that I had not yet faced, I was able to start to look myself in the mirror more and more because of that instance. And I was able to start my journey toward healing as a woman, as a black woman, and as a Christian. And I was able to be more and more intentional about stepping into this space of social justice work because honestly, as we get more and more into these episodes, man, oh man, I was in for a huge wake up call. The more I stepped into social justice work, I was not ready. I had to get ready. (laughs) But it was because of him that God was able to bring me back to the basics of grace and strengthen my heart for social social justice work and strengthen my heart for discipleship and strengthen my heart in ways of forgiveness and love and acceptance and unity and building with people across quote-unquote divides that man have made and it was interesting because as I was leaving my friend God just had another little conversation with me he said Deborah I want you to think back in scripture and in my word and I want you to think of a time where I had a application for people <laughs> on my journey from town to town Providence to Providence that said check this box if you're gay <laughs> check this box if you're an adulterer check this box if you're a thief check this box if you're a tax collector check this box you know all these things That labeled folks as sinners. I never once had a a questionnaire or rubric. Or asked people to sign something to prove. Why they deserved my love and grace. I didn't do that Deborah. I just fed them. Because I saw they were hungry. I just healed them. Because I saw that they were sick. I just dined with them. Because these are the people I was sent to. Be a messenger to and be a light to. I just stood in front of them and blocked them from harm when others tried to stone them. Because the others saw them as sinners and not worthy of life anymore. That is what I did, Deborah. So if I came on the scene and I showed compassion and grace and love without a checklist on what their sins were and I just showed up for them, how dare you? How dare you think that you are a better judge of character than I am? How dare you think that you are better and somehow more qualified to call the shots? And how dare you think that somehow I got it wrong? (laughs) Was showing them grace and compassion and showing you enough grace and compassion. Before I even, before you even showed up to the scene, knowing who you were going to be, I put everyone on the same playing field and I died for everyone and I gave my life for everyone and I showed grace and love and compassion to everyone, Deborah. This is the importance of grace. I showed you what this was about. And so right now I want to call us all in, especially my brothers and sisters in the faith. Step out of the skin of judgment of assuming that somehow Christ got it wrong, of assuming that somehow you know better than him, of assuming that somehow you are the one who deserves this love and others don't and keeping people at arm's length, step out of that old skin and step into grace. Reclaim it. Reclaim it in the way that Christ showed us how to And we'll start to love ourselves in a whole new way, accept Christ's love in a whole new way, and give love and show love in a whole new way. This is how we not only rebuild the kingdom of God and how it was intended to be, but this is how we heal communities globally. This is how we tear down systems of oppression and marginalization globally. This is how we win. We must do it together, and we must do it with Christ in mind reclaiming grace at all times. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. Take this back to yourself. Think about it. Pray about it. Take this back to your church, to your family, your friends, your communities. I believe that everyone can benefit from this message. Our salvation is in each other when we love one another as Christ loved us. Till next time, family. I love you all. Bye-bye.